Welcome to a wonderful opportunity for us all to get to know an upcoming performer here at Mile High Church, a beautiful, brilliant man, singer, songwriter from California. Jamie Lula is here with us. Hi, Jamie. Hi, everybody. We're so looking forward to you coming to Mile High Church. It's on Sunday, May. Well, it's actually a Wednesday night, too, isn't it? It's Sunday, May 12th, but it's the Wednesday night prior to that. So it would be 8th. Yeah, May, May 8th, 8th, Wednesday the 8th, and Sunday the 12th. So you're oh. going to be with us for Wednesday Night Live and then on Sunday morning. And and you have been a long time. I, I, I call you kind of like one of our new thought superstars. <laughs> and uh, so tell tell people a little bit about how did you get... How'd you get started here in New Thought? Was it was it through Agape? Was that the first church you ever walked into of our our ilk? Yes, I um, I'd been seeking um, a spiritual community, and I actually been in a Christian community out here in Los Angeles. But during the first Gulf War, they started preaching end times, and if you don't get Jesus, you're you know you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, and I just it didn't resonate with me, obviously, and um, so. Uh, a friend from uh, from twelve uh, step program actually took me to Agape, and I, I didn't get it because I had just come out of a Christian fellowship. But about nine months after my father passed, uh, another friend from from twelve step brought me to a Wednesday night service, and pretty much every Wednesday and Sunday for the next five years, uh, and then you know a lot of time in between uh, at classes and stuff. Um, I was at Agape and about a, and, and I waited a long time because I had gotten involved with the music ministry at the Christian Fellowship and I didn't want the other shoe to drop. When I got to Agape, it's like this really resonates. It feels good. The message is good. I started taking classes, you know, SOM one, you know, two, all, all went through all the classes, meditation. And then I went and auditioned for Ricky uh, on a Friday evening, uh, late afternoon. And I sang and I came in the next Sunday, that two days later, and she came up behind me. She said, our morning song person didn't show up. Would you get up and do that amazing grace like you did it Friday? <laughs> so I got up and sang, and it was my first time in, at Agape. And I'd been there for 15 months at that time. Um, and it's, it just all unfolded from there. I started singing at uh, Revelations. Then people started asking me to sing. And then I did a master's program in spiritual psychology at University of Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And said instead of going out and you know and the clubs, if that's not resonating with you, why don't you go to churches? It's like they're always looking for music to inspire them. And then I started. I really started pushing because people were already asking me. But then I was like, I started seeking out venues, uh, centers for spiritual living mostly, but also Unity churches. Mm-hmm. And then I did the teen camps. I did the teen camp from '98. Uh, until 2010, uh, the the national, international, and some of the winter camps. I did a number of winter camps uh, for Mile High. So yes, yeah, yeah. unfolded. That's wonderful. And so uh, before you came in, I heard you were part of the music ministry of the Christian church you were involved in. Were you also writing music at that time, or was it not until you came into New Thought that you were writing? You started. Writing? Oh no, I I've been writing since I was about 15 years old. Yeah, uh-huh. um, but I was. I was just writing more secular music. But when I got to Agape and began hearing the message and, and also, you know, getting sober was a, a big factor. I wanted to start singing about things to raise the, the, uh, the vibration 
of mm-hmm. what I was creating. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't write a love song to save my life <laughs> when I got to Agape. Uh, in fact, about the time I got to Agape, I wrote a song. Um, it's called Love Song. Um, but it was, it was coming out of a real dark night of the soul uh, uh, um, after my, my father passed. And um, that was like the first, but like I got to Agape and it was like, it just, the floodgates opened up mm-hmm. and the desire to write and sing, sing for God and to, to be a bridge and a conduit to people that were looking for what we had, mm-hmm. that people that were no longer interested in us and them and we're right and they're wrong kind of mentality. Um, and uh, so I feel like a lot of the music that I create is a great bridge for people to uh, to meet what we have to say in our movement. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. It's uh, certainly music that resonates and has has touched so many people's lives. So that, mm. how does it feel when you go into an environment like um, come to a church other than Agape and you play your music and you hear everybody singing along? Like they know your songs. I bet that yeah. feels great. It is so rewarding and mm. um you know, when, you know I, I've seen videos of people that have covered my songs, um, and it's always such an honor. Um, Greg Stamper uh, in um, Brooklyn, um, he's covered There's a Healing Going On twice. And the first time it was him and two backup singers. And he does a testimony in the middle of it and goes on for like nine minutes. And then the next time he's got nine singers behind him, and he goes on for about 11 minutes. And it's just so moving to me to hear someone take that message and even deepen it and bring it to their own life, you know, bring their own message. Mm -hmm. Um, So watching people do it, hearing people do it, you know, I, you know, sadly enough, I, I, I went and sang um, um, at a memorial uh, for one of my formal former teens this Mm -hmm. last weekend uh, at Chris Collins church Mm -hmm. uh, Covina. And uh, they asked me and they asked for particular songs And um, the father, you know, while he was sad, he said, you know, your music was the soundtrack of our life with the kids growing up. I mean, everywhere we went, your CD was in the player and they listened to it and they sang along and he loved you and loved your music. And it, you know, it touches me deeply on so many different levels. I'm, I'm grateful and eternally grateful. I am too. I'm grateful for your music. You know, it's touched my life and my Mm -hmm. ministry very deeply. So I'm so looking forward to you being here. Now, I, I want to ask you one thing. I, I can't imagine that you, you may or may not have an answer because it'd be like asking who your favorite child is in the world, but um, <laughs> we all know it's your son. But do yes. you have a song that you've written that you would say, that's my favorite song? There's a lot of different songs for a lot of different re- reasons, sure. but the one song that really stands out that I feel... Well, there's a couple songs. Something's Calling Me was the first song that really dropped in, not only for me and for my ministry mm-hmm. in music, um, but for a lot of people. A lot of people that have gone through ministerial school, that, that song has been a, an anthem um, yes. for them. Yes. Um, Into Your Hands um, is, a, is a song like that. David Alexander says he sat out in the parking lot when he was going in for some kind of meeting about, you know, becoming a minister and it really shifted him. Um, and perfect, um, is, is, uh, is a song that, that 
man. It, it, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of my songs. It's like, I know a lot of people sing their songs and it's like, really, do I have to sing that song again? And mm-hmm. it never feels that way for me. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect. I've sung it thousands of times mm-hmm. and um, I love it because I feel like it's a, it's kind of a dialogue between God and I. Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And most recently um, on my new record, um, love is my religion. And then this new song that I wrote um, last year, and it's on the new record, the Jamie Lula, the orange album. I know that's a big shock, the orange album, <laughs> but uh, it's a song called better than I was before. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's our teachings. It's our teachings all wrapped up a lot of, you know, thoughts or things. And it's like, you know what, what I'm holding, yeah. um, you know, but, and, but, you know, basically just saying I'm better than I was before. Mm. And it was a saying I got from, from Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. He That's said, just remember you're better, you're better than you were before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, so I've, I've heard you talk about songs dropping in and getting uh, words, I'm sure, from uh, Michael and Ricky and yeah. Wayne and other people. What is your creative process for how these brilliant songs show up for you uh, and then you let them out into the world? Is there a, a, a way that, that you've seen that occur for yourself? Something's Calling Me literally came out of a prayer with Susie, with my wife. Oh, sure. When we first started going out, we, would, we, we did a 30-day prayer devotional. And we'd call each other. And in the middle of the prayer, it's like, I got to go. Something's, co- something's calling me. <laughs> literally, the song came out. Um, um, Love is My Religion came out at the last winter camp that I did in Colorado. Mm. And it was actually two songs. And I played each idea for Suze. And she said, that's one song. Mm-hmm. Um, Perfect came out at um, Reverend Roberta Wynn's house in uh, Portland. Um, and it was, uh, I was up there. I don't know if I was up there for David's ordination um, mm-hmm. at, uh, in, in Portland, um, but it came out. I, I wrote it that day, and then I sang it at David York's house that night. We did a house concert, and I sang it that night. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, any number of ways. And, like, with Gary Lynn Floyd, um, yes. Because I, Floyd Lula has been writing now for over five years. Right. And the first song we wrote, God and Everyone, he came over. We talked for about two and a half hours. We'd, we'd only known each other for, we, we, that was the first time we hung out. But he's, we talked for about two and a half hours. And then he said, okay, I've got this idea. I don't know if it's an instrumental piece or if it's a, and he, st- he said, you know, here it is. And he started playing it and it's like it just poured forth. And then I said, Wait, I have a litmus test. Let me go get my wife. I said, I bet you 10 bucks she'll be crying by the end of the first verse. <laughs> she was. It's like, okay, we got a winner. And then we just, kept, we just kept writing. So sometimes I will send Gary a lyric and say, I don't know where this is going. I'm feeling a little impeded, you know, quarterly. Let me see what you can do. And we've done a number of songs like that. Mm. So there's any number of ways. What I tell artists, what I tell young artists is, we have to be, we can't wait for the muse to show up. Uh-huh. We have to be available for the muse at all times. It's like God. It's like, you can't wait for God to show up. It's like, you have to be proactive in calling God forward from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with songwriting. It's like, mm-hmm. don't wait for it to happen. It's like, you've, you've got to keep the practice of, you know, whether it's morning pages or some kind of creative endeavor, 
that you're doing that keeps that pump oiled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, so powerful. And that's one thing that I think is so amazing about you. Not only are you a singer and songwriter and do you teach through your music, but um, I learn a lot and feel very touched by your uh, Facebook posts. And, mm. and I've been at a Silomar when you led a choir and, mm. and you're a, you're a, a prolific speaker as well as a singer, I think. So do you enjoy that kind of pontification and yes. speaking and teaching and, and that sort of thing? You know, I've had the opportunity this year. I think I've spoken, done music and message four or five times this year mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I wanted to be, I wanted to be a minister. And then I realized I'm living my ministry through my music. Yeah. But through the music, it's like, but I want to talk about this too, because it's, it's like I said, and, and I, I think you were brought up in this teaching, weren't you? I found it when I was 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And well, I, was, I was Catholic prior to that too. There you go. Mm-hmm. So it was like God's out there and looking yes. down on me. And it's mm-hmm. like, it was like, it was blaspheme to recognize that infinite presence of God within me. Mm-hmm. And my charge, especially like in, in, in the rooms of, of uh, my 12 step rooms and stuff that I go into and like people have such challenge with religion. And I think it's, it's about dogma because it's like when you have a real relationship where you're not having to go out to talk to a mediator to get to God, but when you go within and find that space within yourself, it's like, that's what I want to convey to people. And I talk to people all the time, be, Oh God, I don't believe in that. Or I'm agnostic or I'm atheist or whatnot. But I, it's interesting because I find I have more in common with atheists than I do with a lot of like so-called Christians. It's very interesting because I I remember talking to to a man who said, I'm an atheist. And then I told him about our teaching and he says, wow, that sounds a lot like what I believe. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. It's like, yeah, you know? (laughs) So yes, I love the opportunity to, to speak and to go out and and to share, uh, to share our teachings, Mm -hmm. um, but to share it from my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. Right. That's beautiful. Well, I know that we were talking today in in a meeting about the songs that you're going to sing with us on, um, at least we were focused on the Sunday, and I saw a new song about the harvest. We are the harvest. Yeah. Is that that a new chant that you've written? It's a a chant that I wrote the last time I sang with uh, Joan Stedman before she left Oakland. Okay. And she was doing her talk, and I'm sitting there, and it's like, I just started writing when she was doing it. And I was supposed to get up and do I release the Ricky Byers Beckwith song. And um, I got up and I said, I know I'm supposed to do I release, but I think you'll be able to follow along. And I sang it. And I mean, it's basically five lines, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, we are the, we are the, um, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. We are the love that we seek. We are the seeds we are sowing. We are the harvest we reap. I am that I am. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we just sing it over again. And it's a six, eight feel. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the love that we seek. We are the seeds we are sowing. We are the harvest we reap. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just got this the, kind of a Peter Gabriel-esque six, eight. Yeah. And so it's, it's fun. It's beautiful. And it's simple. 
And we started singing it at Agape. We started singing it up at Inner Light. I've sent it to a number of places and said, here's a new chant. Mm. You know, it's like sharing chants. That's great. Well, we're going to sing it on Sunday, May 12th, when you come to visit with us and oh, sing for I'm us. I'm so looking forward to it, Michelle. And you're bringing, um, you're bringing CDs and stuff for people to get? I've got a brand new CD that I just released, Jamie Lula, the Orange Album. I've That's been right. recording it with my old guitar player probably for the last five years because wow. he just started recording. And um, I said, let's just turn this into a, to an album because it's, it's chock full. And there's actually a few songs that are m- more secular in nature. Mm-hmm. There's a song I wrote on the album with a, 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 an amazing songwriter that Barry loves, Tom Kimmel. Um, oh. uh, it's a song called I, I Love You But We've Never Met. Oh. Um, there's a song on there called Who Knows? And it's about a waitress um, from the Loveless Cafe outside of Nashville. Her name was Barbara. She had to be in her late sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. And just, you would love this woman, Michelle. She just, she had that down home thing. She, Oh, this is your first time here. Oh, welcome. We're so, it was just that vibe mm-hmm. and it inspired me to a song. So That's it's, I'm very excited about this record. Good. Well, I'm glad that you're bringing it and we're so glad you're coming. So everybody be with us on Wednesday, May 8th at Wednesday Night Live and be with us on Sunday, uh, May 12th with Jamie Lulet's Mother's Day. And we've got all sorts of great music planned and a great message. And so thank you, Jamie, for all the wonderful music you've given us over the years. And we look forward to a lot more of it. <laughs> thank you, Reverend Michelle. It's so good to see you. Love you to Jesse. And thank you. You love it. And I look forward to seeing you all. And Peace and blessings, Mile High. Thank you. Bye. Bye.